Welcome to 50-50 Books, the book review podcast where the books are split in two and figuring out just what is going on is always a toss-up. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jonathan. This week we're finishing The Kingdoms by Natasha Pulley. So let's start off with some initial thoughts and feelings now that we've reached the end of the book. How did you? Uh, how are you feeling at the end of this book, Taylor? Yeah, this is mostly just to set the expectation for this episode, really. Um, so we're not going to go into any details. But for the book, I felt disappointed and unsatisfied. And that's yeah, all yeah. I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I have to I have to say basically the same, I think, unsatisfied, at least. I don't know if I can honestly say disappointed just because, like I mentioned last time, historical fiction is just not my thing. So I think it was it was as expected for me. Yeah, that that's fair. Yeah. Definitely unsatisfied if we had to choose any any word, I think. Mm-hmm. Talking about everything that happened with this book, then, I guess this episode might be kind of messy. I feel like with the timeline moving so much, the book was a little messy. I feel like I was able to follow things for the most part, but boy, did I have to pay attention. Yeah, I mean, I had to go back and listen to some things again, and I think some of the questions I have will show how confused I was while reading this book. I think there was a lot to keep track of and just a lot of maybe details that weren't the parts that I weren't that I was interested in, so I wasn't paying attention to them super well. Um I was like looking more for and maybe for more for the information about Joe and like the part of the story that would end up being the gay part of the story mm-hmm. and not so much in like what is the sort of political war fighting part that's happening that is like the setting for the book which i kind of thought would just be the setting for the book and is clearly much more than that so yeah i just remember one chapter which was in the past the past past and it introduced like five new ships and i just wrote in my notes (laughs) oh no not more because i was already so sick of remembering like all the ships we already had and ugh, it, thankfully, it got blown up. Who cares? It was over. You know, didn't matter. But, <laughs> but I feel you because there was moments. I mean, there's multiple parts of the story. I was like, who is this character again? And it's like, no, this character has definitely been here before. I just didn't remember that until I went back and looked. But I mean, I'll be happy to get into this later. Most of the characters didn't matter. Disposable. Well, <laughs> maybe you can uh, prove that to me with this one character I had a question about, which was just the tiger that what's his name had as a pet lawrence yeah lawrence yeah who i also like didn't really understand as a character i was just kind of confused was there anything more to this tiger than like a sign that joe had been around before and therefore the tiger was like warm towards him yeah or is that just it i didn't pick up on the fact that it could have been like recognition from the tiger i thought it was a sign of like the tiger as an animal being used to show who a good person is or not. Right. Because the tiger doesn't even seem to like Lawrence very much. And we know we know Lawrence is a piece of garbage. So that that's what I took from it, but I mean, with what we know about Joe and Jem, which I was totally fucking right about them, <laughs> it, it does make sense if the tiger is being used as like a sort of hint that Joe has been around before. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I started off feeling I I was like, okay, the tiger is probably just is it kind of what you said it's it's warm towards joe because there's something kind of innocent about him but then we find out that he is just gems like well maybe it, that's not the case actually maybe it's just that the tiger knows him but yeah you're right like the tiger also knows everyone else in the room and it's not being that warm so i think that's that was probably the right line of thinking yeah i mean i think it could be both i think it also plays into like kind of what this book is about that like upper class english being the enemy kind of right like because i think at some point it's set up that the reason the french are fighting is because they're trying to dismantle this like upper class system in england or they're trying to like deal with who they think are are evil which is people like lawrence there's some of that floating around in this book i don't think it's dealt with very well because then we get to a future where the french are enslaving ordinary people who aren't even like entirely English. So it's like somewhere the the plot was lost. But I think, yeah, also him having the tiger as like this exotic beast and and all of this was just trying to paint Lawrence in an extra bad light as if we couldn't see that already. Yeah, you know, I feel like 
I wasn't thinking about the class thing super much throughout the story, and it was definitely <laughs> definitely there. But I I think I'm what I'm struggling with most is to figure out exactly what the main part of the story was supposed to be. Oh, I mean, yeah, same to, to be honest. Yeah. Because was <laughs> it a char- Was it a book about characters? Fuck no. Right. Um, right. <laughs> absolutely not. The characters did nothing throughout this book. Joe stumbled his way throughout this entire story. There was two parts in which he took like an active role in his own life. And it was the hottest he had ever been, to be honest. <laughs> he manipulated his way through the problem. And then yeah. he continued on stumbling the rest of the way. That's a good point. Actually, because I did like, I look, I liked when he took control of a situation, like, Honestly, which is mostly just when he figured out how to lie. <laughs> but those parts were cool. Yeah, and he did it very well. Like, it was the coolest part, but it took us 300 fucking pages to get there. Oh, truly. Yeah, uh, that's such a shame. Because there were, I, I have to say, though, I did like, because of those scenes, I liked the second half better than I liked the first half. So it's a shame there wasn't just more <laughs> of that. Yeah, like... I don't know, more excitement. I think... So much of this book felt like it was the middle of a book. Mm. We didn't get Jem fighting for the English. We didn't get the development of that love story. We didn't get any of that depth and like even know who Jem was really. We only got him in, in snippets and like secondhand accounts. But we're like, but that must be the part of Joe that's coming through in those moments that strength of character like that must be gem it does sort of feel that's a a good comment that it feels like most of it is the middle of the book because it feels like the best story was the part that happened in the past yes we're not in that story we're looking at that story sometimes and we're in another story that is you know i guess we're supposed to feel like okay we want more of that story because it's going to inform what's happening now not enough is happening now for me to be interested in now so i kind of just wanted the past story right because even like the setting itself, a lot of it is this travel. Like the battle parts have already happened. Like those shifts in time have already happened. It's how Jem ends up disappearing into Joe, right? Right. Because the English lose. So we're not even getting like a war story. We're like skipping over all of those parts too. So it's like, it, is this a political book talking about how the English should fall because the upper class sucks? Maybe, but we're not, we're like, but instead we're focusing on like, but but also the author is setting up that the English still suck. Like the English suck, the French suck, everybody sucks. So then you're left with, maybe this isn't a political book. It's about how countries ruin people. And this is a book about characters. You're supposed Mm. to think about how this is affecting the characters. But then you have, we don't see the kite that Jem falls in love with. We don't see the gem that stays in the past and decides to fight for the English. We see Joe who doesn't know anything and is displaced and doesn't really find himself until the end. And it doesn't matter because he loses his memory again anyway. And we see a kite who is described multiple times as somebody who looked like he would kill somebody and who did kill innocent people. Mm. Like he pushed Fred overboard. (laughs) Yeah, he killed a child, literally. His sister died and he had like no reaction or he didn't deal with it in any any way that felt sufficient in the book. Mm-hmm. He just got worse. He became yeah, he did. worse in this story, but we're supposed to trust that he's a good person because he loves Jem and maybe loves Joe, question mark? I don't know right, why. Right, I say Jem who doesn't really exist also. Yeah, like... And and the idea of him still loving Jem and then putting that on Joe, it's like they're not the same person and there's no development between Kite and Joe that feels sufficient. That just feels like straight up Stockholm Syndrome throughout this entire book. No, 100%. And the only reason Joe has any feelings for Kite is because he is Jem. It, it all feels so it's forced. It's like a residual. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it feels so forced and it just... It, it then brings into question, like, why are we rooting for these characters? Like, Joe, maybe because he's thrown into a situation he doesn't completely understand. We can kind of root for that. But Kite? We're supposed to root for Kite? Yeah, I'm not sure we are supposed to root for Kite because he is so, like, I don't know. He is such a 
kind of horrendous person. <laughs> Great, yes. <laughs> like, I mean, yes. Like, I don't know how you're supposed to get behind him, right? And I think there's maybe you are just supposed to feel complicated. I'm not sure I feel complicated about it, but maybe you're supposed to feel complicated about it of like, okay, like there was this whole love story in the past that adds a whole tension to everything that's happening here. But I, I would say I did root for Joe in that he do- he was a sort of lost child in all of this and didn't have much of a choice. And also like in his previous years as Joe and not Jem, he was a slave. So I don't know how much like he didn't seem like he was a very confident like independent guy even though it kind of felt like he was supposed to be that person given that he finds his own way at the beginning but yeah i don't know i i so i did feel like i was rooting for joe and not for kite and i'm not sure that i think people should be rooting for kite but i bet you they are is the no, thing no i know yeah <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> i can explain why because kite is the dark brooding like troubled yeah, yeah, yeah. soldier individual he's like the typical like male love interest Ray supposed to be kind of the emo fave, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just made this gay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> to make things more complicated. Yeah. But yeah, I I feel like Joe, you can definitely root for because also the only reason I really root for Joe is because Lily. Like I was so invested mm. in the the Lily side of things, and I feel like Lily gave such insight into how Joe wants to be loved and. Then this this is all just thrown away because Joe in the beginning says he cared about Lily so much because she didn't expect him to be anybody but himself in that moment. But then we get a romance three times over in which Kite loves Joe because he is Jem and then loves Joe because he is Joe and Jem. And which sounds complicated. So hopefully you read the book, but that is what happens, right? And it just, it doesn't make sense. I I guess it just, not even I guess, it just doesn't make sense to me that that's the thread we decided to follow here. Especially since it doesn't align with what you're right, with the way he loves Lily, right? The way that Kite treats Joe, I mean, from a neutral lens is already not great. (laughs) It's not exactly loving. It doesn't read as loving. And obviously he's like, he is brooding. So that has something to do with it and that he probably doesn't know a good way to treat him without separating his feelings for Jem out. But yeah, it's like, how are we supposed to believe in them coming together in any way? If there's not like, it doesn't feel like Kite loves Joe, right? Doesn't like Joe, period. Not with that. Well, not with the Jem part. Right, exactly. Because there's like moments in this book where Kite seems vulnerable, but that can be attributed to being gem right like Mm -hmm. there is nothing about joe that kite would love so then we get this setup of how joe wants to be loved at the beginning and a daughter he really wants to get back to i mean seemingly i I feel like it comes in and out when it wants to it's very yes it is feeling it does feel rare throughout the book but it's there It, it comes up when kite and joe need to argue about something that's when it comes up yeah but that is like a good reason for Joe to want to get away. I wish it was more mm. present. I even wish it like amounted to anything emotionally. Because, I mean, we get hints of it where Joe, the, the newest Joe, looks at like, is it Beatrice or Beatrix? Uh, who can say? B. B. Beatrix. The I new child. Know, actually. The new child B, who is Toby and Alice's, one of their kids. Joe will see her and like think of Lily, even though he can't remember her. But even writing about that and like reading that, it didn't feel emotionally devastating in any way. And like Jem, we learned, had a son with Madeline, but right. that didn't have any emotional weight to it either. It just felt like it was destiny for Joe to have a kid, but not really anything beyond that. Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel like anything has any emotional weight in the story. Like, I'm not saying Joe needed to break down and like, well, actually, I would have liked if he broke down. That would have been a good moment. <laughs> but there's no like emotional climaxes. Like there are no payoffs for any of these things happening. Everything just feels so flat. And so Lily being a problem to result in nothing, not even like a, like a, like it's like a, a sad kind of memory that he's, this Joe is remembering Lily even still. Like even, I feel like it just wasn't, 
and I'm sorry to say this, I feel like it just wasn't written well. Like, I didn't feel that hollowness of Joe remembering a daughter he would never have again. Like, I didn't, it didn't feel heavy enough, if that makes sense. There was definitely a lot of potential for it to be that. And I, and it seems like the goal, especially with like the near death scene for Lily in the first part of the book, I think you're supposed to feel this emotional weight, but then she does get kind of pushed aside, even though she could be the most important motivator for Joe. Um, and yeah, it's like she she gets brought up now and then, like you mentioned, when they argue, um, she gets used as like a tool of the trolley problem when it's like, are you like really going to choose your one daughter over like thousands of poor English folks, which also like Joe was one of those people. So that was kind of a bad argument. But <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just she's used more like a pawn in a game than a sort of like emotional motivator for the reader. Right. And even with the new children, it's the same. Like they are a quick obstacle for the end of the book. Joe might have to leave them, even though he loves the twins a lot. But then that ends up not being a problem because Toby and Alice, oh, it turns out they died a year earlier. So now Joe can do what he wanted at the beginning of the book and bring his children with him to the past crazy move still also crazy yeah it also felt like such a minor addition like why did we introduce these kids to begin with if like the whole thing was just like i don't know if kite wants kids cool i'm bringing them anyway like it didn't feel like there was a whole lot to grab on there yeah he makes like joe makes a brief comment of like kite was my family before any of these people were and i'm like when has Kite ever been your family? Right. <laughs> we did not see that story. We didn't even like get a hint of it like emotionally throughout this book. He was your tormentor would be more accurate to say. <laughs> I guess he's like referring to the gem portion of his life though, right? Where it's like he's married to his sister and they were like a crew, right? The three of them. But that's still not himself, right? Yeah. And that whole trio... Oh my god, we can talk about that, but complicated. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, you can't reference and like try to create an emotional line like that and then reference a a scenario we did not see. We did not experience that story. We don't know how they acted as a family, really. Like, we saw brief snippets of it, but like, if you were only going to give us brief snippets, just write a short story about Gem and Kite. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the rest of this? It's nothing. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about that. <laughs> I'm very passionate, like, about just how flat everything felt in this book. I don't know. It's just upsetting because it does feel like all these ideas you're talking about do make it feel like the potential was there for this to be a much more engaging story than it ended up being. Um, but I also just think if it had a bit more of, like, an identity, <laughs> it would maybe be one of those things, right? It could have leaned more into... The romance or it could have leaned more into the backstory as the historical fiction right like there could have been something that was more of the focus of the story and and it also doesn't feel right to say it was spread too thin because it just doesn't feel like those other things were like their own stories it just feels like a lot of things were pulled in and talked about that didn't end up actually mattering or wouldn't have mattered no matter what that it, it feels like the the energy was focused in the wrong place yeah and this that might just be like an author style type of situation where like the environment became the focus of the book because i feel like that was kind of the focus of the book like the ships and the travel yeah. and and there's a war going on but we're not getting the war part in actuality it it's more an atmosphere of war than an actual war there were i i ended up reading a few like goodreads reviews and stuff for the book and a lot of people enjoyed i mean there were a lot of good reviews for it and it seemed like a lot of people really just enjoyed it for the style yeah and so that's and when you go back to what i've said in the past about not being a historical fiction person it really does make me just feel like make me feel like this book is not written for me because if people are reading this book for the style and setting like maybe that maybe that would be a really good reason to like the book but i'm not the sort of person who looks for that and particularly if i was looking for that it wouldn't be for this sort of situation (laughs) so so I think it just was, maybe it really just was about that part. Maybe you're right, at least based on what people are reading it for. It just feels like a, a waste of opportunity because you're introducing such complex things. Like the war itself, complicated, right? And But then you're also bringing in characters like Kite and even like Joe. And you're bringing in two very like human complicated scenarios 
and the way they interact together and but then also not doing anything with them the idea of like time and things changing with time from joe's side of things it does introduce an interesting scenario because does joe help the past be better but also sacrifice his daughter to do that like these are very human like gray areas and like complicated issues that are being introduced and then kite what do you have to do to survive in war like how does war change you like all of these things but they just don't lead anywhere so i guess that's why i said disappointing at the beginning of this because for me who really enjoys character driven stories like it is just disappointing but yeah like we mentioned it's just not for us apparently mm-hmm. um i will say reviews that call this uh, a love story or like a really good love story or like <laughs> love the love story of this cannot understand yeah do we want to get into that because i just don't think this is a love story no i agree 100 percent. this is not a love story we missed the love story <laughs> we actually it was we over. missed the love story like there was there was you know and the other thing is like kite definitely loved jem but i'm not sure it went the other way like jem seemed to enjoy kite and kind of like toyed with kite but i'm not sure he ever loved oh, kite. interesting at least based on the information we definitely because the reason i feel like we even know that kite love gem is the fact that he's brooding about him but when we base it just on the information we got in the past i mean i guess he does mention in the past that he definitely loved gem but without the words in the past we don't get it there either like i don't don't think there's enough substance to say that it was obvious that these two were in love with each other other than like just some flirting <laughs> you know i don't know I, I it was it was easy enough for me to believe like they had been in love I wouldn't say like maybe in love is too strong of a word. They were flirting. Yeah, they were interested, I guess. But there were yeah. complications. They had their little moment on the train too, I guess. But that still doesn't feel like enough for me. <laughs> yeah, it it was just. I mean, I guess that's like a sign of the times, though. We're dealing with you know the past, and Kite definitely has some like internalized homophobia going on here. Um, it, man hates himself every which way he yeah. could. But the complications like really did arise when Jem mentioned loving both agatha and kite and Mm -hmm. because it's like we don't know enough about gem to understand if he means that in the same way or in different ways i mean i also didn't really feel like he loved agatha but again we didn't really see that much right because we get the scene where agatha is like partially undressed at the tailors and kite or not kite um gem doesn't have any reaction and i think that's supposed to like show that gem isn't interested in women like doesn't really care i mean but he was married to madeline but i guess that could also be a marriage of convenience it it doesn't really matter but the thing about that is like he could be interested in men and women and still not have a reaction to agatha not being dressed yeah yeah like that is i feel like that's such a cheap way to try and explain like same with what we said in the beginning of the book about joe not wanting to have sex with alice like that's not enough to settle a character as gay like it's so much more complicated than that like everything going on you can't but like maybe that's what the author thought would be enough to say kite is gay uh, because he's never interested in women really he's emotionally traumatized and then jem he could just not like be physically interested in women or he could be but you know he doesn't want to be assaulted like in the beginning of the book or he just doesn't care about agatha being improper in in the later half and he could still be interested in her romantically like there's so much nuance going on and maybe it's easier for us to see something like that because we're queer like we know it's not as simple as you know (laughs) what this book might be trying to present but for us we cannot say definitively like is joe gay or not like we don't know Mm -hmm. and so does jem love agatha and kite the same we don't know and it would be very shitty of jem to i think to love them both the same which like i'm you know polyamory is a thing but like Mm -hmm. you go into that 100 percent communication you don't marry right, right. you don't marry one of them and then kiss the other one on the train like yeah and you and it, especially if they're siblings you probably talk yeah. to them about it so yeah yep yeah that was another thing too the fact that they're siblings uh, just like there there's a couple of of things in this story that just are a little bit too close to shitty tropes that i didn't like and i i don't think that they are you know intending to be that or or actually that necessarily but like we're definitely getting like 
the uh for Jem like a bisexual character who seems interested oh in God. a lot of people around him. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And then the what you mentioned of like oh like this person sees a naked woman and isn't attracted to them like they must be gay, um, which is like a really bad one too, right? This idea that like oh like you know it it gives a lot of power to one person to say oh you're not attracted to me like you know you must be this way right or like that also can inform some poor behavior for for some people after that too so it's just they're they're not they're not the most positive uh uh queer interactions out there if that's what they're trying to be yeah and also like just from like a sibling dynamic of what's going on kite and agatha it's very clear they would not want to share because kite feels inferior to agatha he obviously wouldn't want to share gem and then agatha has a moment where she's with gem and she's like you know it's nice to have something that's just mine because she's been raising kite for so long they're basically like a duo at this point right Mm -hmm. so regardless of what gem intends there is no scenario in which these three form some kind of cohesive unit even though that's what they're presented as because kite and agatha do not want to share the same person and i think their relationship is so broken that it's it's like there's there's just no scenario in which it works so it's very crazy of gem to be like this is fine you know i'm doing both of these (laughs) things with no consequence like nothing comes of it and agatha doesn't get to to talk about these things because she's blasted into nothing and like kite doesn't have to deal with any of it because joe doesn't remember and like there's just like no payoff for all of these these relationships and we don't get to see them in real time because like we mentioned we're in the middle of the fucking story and in the part that matters the least yeah also i was wondering i I wish we had gotten a bit more from agatha in general yeah because we find out so much later in the book that joe is gem and then there's all of this like well then what is what was it like to have joe come back and agatha be forced to act like it wasn't the same but like the same person even though it's I mean, we know it's not technically the same person but to be like i know who that is that's my husband but not really and also i can't say anything about it like there's so much we missed on agatha's side yeah because the main reason i dismissed the joe's gem theory because i did have it i knew that that one ghost line it was all i needed apparently but yeah i was like agatha would have some kind of reaction right this is it's her husband like Something right. Something would be going on, but I guess Kite explaining that Jem lost his memory, he doesn't really exist anymore, was enough. Like, Agatha, I think, is presented as very logical in this book. So, it, like, it makes sense she wouldn't have a, a more emotional reaction to Joe being there, but it does feel like a missed opportunity to, like, have a confrontation about it. Yeah. It's interesting, too, that... I would want to know more about her frustration behind this all because he, well, first of all, he's not really dead. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then um, it doesn't really seem like there was much of a choice. Like, I'm not sure that Kite realized that Jem was going to lose his memory on the way. Yeah, no. And then Kite did stick around, but I think he just realized it was out of his hand. So I don't know. It's I obviously he did a really terrible tom- terrible job of explaining it when he came back as he does with everything mm-hmm. that he's done wrong. But it it seems uh overly simplistic to start the story being with like well Agatha's mad at Kite forever because he killed Jem kind of and not really like have it be more complicated than that once we find out that Joe and Jem are the same person because we decided to kill Agatha, you know, half the book ago. Yeah, because that is interesting. Agatha very clearly says Kite killed Jem. That's what she believes. But I can't remember exactly how Kite explains it. Either he takes the blame because, you know, he hates himself, or he does just say, like, we went to the future and things went wrong and I left him there. And maybe mm-hmm. Kite leaving Jem there was enough for Agatha to hate him forever for it but that feels so emotional from agatha but i I think that's what it was i think she she was like you just left him behind and didn't like try to bring him back and he was like nope that's all you know yeah so it it does it doesn't feel like enough for for her character for sure yeah maybe maybe agatha saw it as like 
one of those disassociation like moments that kite seems to have like he can just kill somebody and then not think about it maybe right. agatha believed kite stopped caring about Jem and left him but like you know that's all that's us thinking about what could have happened we don't yeah, actually yeah. know mm-hmm. but i mean we thought agatha was a wasted character in the first part too because she was going to kill kite and then nothing right. about that happened and joe joe like stock piles these bits that he can use against kite which is very interesting i think what we're getting here is like two morally corrupt characters falling in love together so i guess it's, <laughs> yeah. it works out but he like he saves all this info and he's like oh i can use this against kite later i'm yeah. like a little toxic but okay yeah <laughs> i mean when it's kite you're working with i can see yeah i can see how you'd end up deciding that yeah but joe doesn't end up using any of it so it's like, even that's wasted. Mm. Speaking of wasted characters, what did we think about Clay's story <laughs> and presence in the book in general? Because I, I in the first half, felt like there was a weird contrast between Clay and, uh, what's his name, Fred? Fred. Mm-hmm. The teenager. Yeah, that, I don't know if it ended up actually mattering all that much. He kind of tells this story about how he met Kite, and there was like, a question of like oh did you kill gem and like kite covered it up and then like lots of other things happened and i don't think that was ever like fully addressed <laughs> and then also wasn't true so i was just very confused about why clay was even present other than to be like the one skeptic for joe yeah i think clay like most characters in this book uh, served a purpose he served two i think um i think the first was trying to grayify if that's a word kite's character like Uh give him some redeeming quality i see because you like kind of saved him he saved him clay was supposed to die on the defiance which is the boat that rescued gem everybody on that ship was meant to die because they knew who gem was kite ended up intervening and saving clay uh i don't know how we skip over that part i think uh i guess it doesn't matter but that's like why clay is both, I think, kind of fucked up, and then also why he hates Joe, because, you know, that's the person who got him and his crewmates killed, right? Jo- Jem was a death sentence. Joe is Jem. But yeah, I think serving as, like, that uptick in morality is kind of one of the reasons he's there, but mm-hmm. also he serves a very important plot point, right? And this goes into what happens at Newgate in that Joe is able to run away he's kind of given permission by kite which is why he has like the french uniform and the money like he he wants to escape and then kite is just like okay go and then he goes right because kite is enacting like a mutiny and and trying to break uh, break the french blockade there's a lot of things going on i think at that moment the part of the book i was the most confused at (laughs) yeah clay is one of the people sent off the ship he's not participating in the mutiny kite won't let him so it's like Clay and Joe together and like a bunch of kids. Joe runs off and Clay, um, what's, ugh, Clay, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, it's not betray, but basically betrays Joe and like gives information to the French, which is how the French mm-hmm. are able to find and capture Joe. Gotcha. I don't know how I didn't understand that part of the story. But, I mean, you don't yeah. figure out it was Clay until later, mm-hmm. but... Uh, Clay it basically sets up the entire Newgate situation, which felt so very rushed to me. Like that entire jailing situation. I mean, it was cool. We got to see Joe like manipulate his way and like be very cool. Of course, Kite instantly ruins that plan when he shows up. Right. <laughs> Joe was able to convince the captain that had kidnapped the people of the kingdoms. And Joe was able to basically convince him, like, oh, I don't, I'm not from the future. Like, I'm not the Joe you're looking for. I don't know. He holds a bomb for, like, almost until it explodes. And it acts completely cool as if he doesn't know what it is. Like, so many cool things happening with Joe's character. And it works. And then Kite um, fucking shows up. And it's like, why would Kite be there unless he's there to rescue Joe? And it all gets basically sent to shit. Joe and Kite cannot work together to save their fucking lives apparently uh, they're constantly ruining each other's plans but yeah basically clay is the reason joe ends up at newgate which would be the reason kite ends up at newgate i guess i thought that clay was i don't know it's 
it almost seemed like Clay was being kept around to himself have some sort of like redeeming quality <laughs> that I don't think he did. So I don't know. It just didn't it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, no character in this book is ever given a moment of growth. Silly, no. A silly thought, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, because either they are the worst and irredeemable or they die before they can prove whether or not they are redeemable or not or they die symbolically in which they forget everything <laughs> and have a factory <laughs> reset yeah actually but yeah the newgate situation then i guess is um they end up getting out of that scenario very easily well is it wellesley she is still sticking around still helping kite even though he confesses to killing fred crazy she kills that french captain uh which was kind of badass to be honest it was pretty funny because they had just gone through this whole song and dance and she was basically like nah fuck and then just yeah. killed him instead <laughs> yeah this whole scenario it was so quick but like it was such a good moment because kite is like a, a pirate basically like he's fighting for the english so he's not seen as like an actual they don't have like an actual state they don't have an actual military like He's a pirate, right? But it, it felt very piratey. Yeah. Know, jumping up, <laughs> shooting somebody randomly, running away, like the quick wit of it all. Like it was, this was one of the best moments of the book, but it was over so quick. So quick, yeah. And then Joe is able to run away again because Kite lets him go. And it's like next chapter, he's already at the lighthouse. He's back. We skipped yeah, everything. Back. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. This was like a couple pages of a good very good scene and then travel we just don't care about <laughs> that just yeah, is skipped over effectively doesn't even matter all that much because he does just end up to where he was going to begin with it's just so it felt so off-putting because we've spent the entire book traveling like even before the <laughs> no, jail it's true, it's we true. get the travel of of joe going north and then it's just like this time we skip it when they actually land, uh, is that the word one uses for a ship? When they, they they actually get to Edinburgh, oh yeah. I was fully shocked that they were going to be on land because I really thought the whole book was going to take place on ships. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> so I was expecting that. So the fact that it went anywhere else, you know, at least made it more interesting. So we go from like that very fun Newgate scenario to the present again. And we skip a few years, doesn't matter, 1903. And... The end of the book, the last section of it is titled Home. And that's when we realize like Joe forgot again. Uh, Toby is alive with Alice. Not for long. They have the twins. Yeah. Like everything seems really good. Um, oh, I guess we should also mention Joe does set up the if anything like ever happens, if you need me again, go to the, the psychical society. Yeah. Which I was like, that's kind of cool. Like that's a cool thing. I thought I didn't know Kite would actually go in person. I thought he would like leave a message in the brick and then right, I don't, I don't right. know. I was thinking of something else happening there. I'm glad one thing that was introduced at the beginning of this book came back to be important with the Psychical Society. Yeah, it was a very cool scenario. And then Kite ends up showing up and Joe obviously knows him but doesn't remember how. And this is like the first time uh, it took the entire book, but it's the first time Kite is just honest with him. like tells him at what happened basically it's like yes no, we knew truly. each other takes him a minute to get there but yeah we learn like i mean we we knew this before but kite is the one that wrote the postcard he's the one on the beach he's um like all he's even the ticket holder the other person that held mm -hmm. the ticket mm -hmm. all of these things i had a feeling about in the, in the first figured, part yeah is is in fact what is happening and so joe who isn't joe who isn't gem but is is like let's go together back to the past and to be honest i had a f i one of the things i thought for the end of this book was joe was gonna show up uh with kids apparently because that becomes you know the thing and kite wasn't gonna be there he was mm. going to have like left already or like gave the wrong time I thought that's how the book might end. Yeah, I definitely wasn't a hundred percent that he was going to be there, but I wasn't. I wasn't as uh, convinced as you. Yeah, I was just. I don't know. Like maybe because there's been so much of this book where Kite has withheld information or like given information that seemed relevant but wasn't really relevant, or like has just gone back and forth with Joe, whether he cares about him or doesn't care about him. 
and Kite being such, like, a guy who hates himself but seems to care about Joe was going to, like, leave him to protect him in some weird way. Like, it was going to be a mix of Kite being a terrible person and then also him wanting to protect Jem. So I was like, there's no way he actually lets Joe come back with him. Like, no shot. That actually happens. And then it did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck. And not even that, like, Kite ends up being really good with kids. He's like, kids? Of course. We can have kids. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that was, he just right. literally, like, a, a couple hundred pages ago, he was pushing a kid overboard. And now he <laughs> has children. Like, but I crazy. Think also, there's that one moment early in the book when they're like, the kids are in school on the ship. And Joe is like, oh my God, Kite's so good with kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before he kills the other one. So. It's just crazy. Like, there's so much back and forth in this book. It's actually crazy. And I guess that's like the human experience, right? Like, mm -hmm. he's not just a deplorable human, but <laughs> sometimes a bad person can do good things, you know? I suppose. <laughs> if that's what this is, yeah. I just, yeah. Kite, he can, he can just be good with all of these things, but... As soon as he pushed Fred overboard, and for a reason that we were right about, it was personal. Yeah, it was wasn't over. worth it. Yeah, wasn't worth it. Nope, that's uh, that was one thing too. Is that Fred's death was not justified. Not that I'm surprised, but not worth it. That is something I wanted to bring up, though. Like, do you think it would have mattered so much if Joe knew he was Jim? Probably not. Right? I don't know. I don't think it would have. I don't know why. Yeah he made such a big deal of holding that information back because what would the story have been like had he known it would have been a lot quicker <laughs> yeah probably did they think that him knowing would make him want to go back again because i don't think jam even knew what he was signing up for the first time they went back so yeah if anything i think it would have been better for joe to know because he probably would have been more willing to help yeah also joe already wants to go back so what's the difference <laughs> what is the difference yeah the only thing that changes is Kite would have had to deal with the fact that he was in love with Jem. But guess what? Joe already knew that. Like, right, <laughs> there right. was no secret. So yeah, I thought it was just a, a waste. And it's, yeah, that's just a shame. Yeah, because uh, I, I had wondered if like that part of the book was supposed to read like a mystery and it just didn't feel like enough for it to be a mystery because I just didn't even think he was anyone on the boat for a long time because um, we had kind of discounted Jem. He was like, maybe I was Charles or maybe I was Sean or whatever the other names were, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I don't think you were any of those people. And this is all just one big red herring. So the fact that he did end up actually being Jem, it's like, well, it wasn't written in a way where I was actually invested in him being one of those people. But I think I was supposed to. Yeah, because we're given like scraps of information from like the Madeline letter and we're getting bits of the past that don't seem relevant. I mean, they really aren't that relevant, but it it could almost feel like a mystery like oh you have to connect like oh william has this particular scar that matches with the scar that joe has like maybe they're the same person on the kingdoms like you're getting these bits and then it, you get to the end of madeline's letter and it's like none of this mattered and like you get to the realization that joe is gem and it doesn't feel earned in the way a mystery would be yeah but like yeah to your point i don't know i don't really think this was trying to be a mystery really i think it was just trying to be like a very atmospheric fantasy sci-fi book yeah and it was it just wanted something to give it more substance and i guess this underlying kind of mystery in like the loosest way you can imagine that is like yeah i don't know just something to help flesh it out i guess because it's not enough to just write about boats you know yeah i don't know feels like many lost opportunities yeah because it being an almost mystery it reminded me a lot of like why i don't really read a lot of cozy mysteries because you have like protagonists that stumble their way through the mystery right mm -hmm. like they don't yeah. feel like they're actively solving anything and i think that's maybe why this didn't feel like such a mystery is because joe never feels like he's actively participating in any part of this story including the mystery of finding out who he is. Like, he puts so much hope on the Madeline letter and Madeline in general. I was just going to bring that up. Mm -hmm. It ends up not mattering at all. Like, yep. Madeline doesn't... He, she's so important in the first part of the book emotionally, but then her and the son they had together, it ends up mattering not at all. So there's no emotional payoff for that. The letter she's writing about the French, I guess it gives us insight into the tech the French have, but, like, it that's... 
it's like such a waste of time if that's all we're getting from it. And it it creates moments of possible intrigue of who Joe could be, but it just ends up leading nowhere because all of a sudden it's like we get the the epiphany moments, right? Because they really are epiphany moments. Like Joe is Jem. He just suddenly realizes that. And then he looks at the postcard and it's like, oh, this is Kite's handwriting. And he looks mm. at the man on the beach and it's like, oh my God, I recognize that this is Kite now. Like there's, it's just all sudden like realizations. It's like Joe doesn't have to do anything to have those moments. They just kind of fall into his lap which I think cozy mysteries can do sometimes, which is why I don't really like them because it, it feels like if it, it feels like it doesn't have a protagonist at that point because what is Joe doing yeah. to earn these things, you know? I was so disappointed that that Madeline letter was basically useless because by the end of the first half, I thought it was going to be the most important document in the book and that we were just being held off from reading it all at once because there was going to be really important information. But I guess Kite got me too because <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's basically everything. Uh, yeah. Have we skipped things? Absolutely. <laughs> There's like a lot that happened in this book, but yet like nothing. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, at least not things that I feel like are worth worthy talking of a about. full conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just hope folks liked this book more than I did. I mean, that's always the hope, right? Like <laughs> yeah. we can complain and like bitch about a book. I'm great at it. <laughs> <laughs> these episodes prove that but it really is just i mean it's it's just taste right it just tastes yeah it's literature right like it's not gonna be for everyone like that's not the point of it and that's fine if this sounds like a book you would like power to you App apparently a lot of people did like it so yeah no it did it had really good reviews I, it feels kind of like the whole like um when people get into the mood of like i should i should really read the classics and then they start reading the classics and they're like well shit this is really boring but i'm supposed yeah. to like this you know and it's like no, no 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 it's okay it's okay if you don't like these just like i don't like historical fiction and that's okay and i'm gonna stop trying to force myself to like it so <laughs> so be it but uh to get negative again for our own reviews <laughs> like, i guess final reviews yeah final reviews honestly mine's not that bad i think oh yeah yeah i think it's because like i didn't hate this book I said that in the first part. I think it's still true. Some people might think this is worse. I just felt very indifferent getting through this book. Like, it did kind of feel like a chore. Like, I really had to push myself at the end there. I probably would have given up if it wasn't for this podcast. But it's not because it was so, like, awful. I wanted to tear it in half. It's just I did not care about it or, like, the characters in it or, like, what it was maybe about. Like... There was just nothing for me to grab onto, really. And so, like, review-wise, it was just okay. So it was just, like, a two-star, really. It's just okay. I love that two stars is just okay. <laughs> That's what it is. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. I So I, I basically feel the same way. I'm not even sure I have anything to add there. I just, I, it wasn't for me. I wasn't that interested in the, the whole story and felt like there were stories I could have been interested in with the sort of world the author created for this, but this wasn't it for me. So I I was leaning towards like a 2.5, which is not far off you, <laughs> but that felt, that felt, you know, as middle ground as it can get. It, I agree that it yeah, wasn't like yeah. actively bad. Um, I, I think anything like a three or more it would need me to like it more, but it, it didn't feel like, I feel like it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I have no, I have no like heavy criticisms. It's just, I think all of the criticisms we have of the story are just things we didn't like because like we said, taste, you know? Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Even still, we must end off. With some good vibes. Absolutely. And John, would you like to go first? I would say for for me, the one thing that was pretty interesting about this story was was a reasonable, I think, time travel system. Okay. I think it wasn't too wonky because I, it did get wonky at the end and that things changed while Joe was experiencing them. But we can chalk that up to the fact that he was doing a lot of time traveling. I feel like sometimes... When a book does a time travel thing, it gets way too in the weeds. This book was like, here's a turtle experiment. We're not talking about this again. <laughs> and that was it. And I felt like that was, I felt like that was a good setup. And it, since it mostly lived in the past anyway, I don't think it had to worry about it too much. But, uh, but I, I thought it handled the uh, time aspects better than what I'm used to. Honestly, yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think about it much, but like the time and how it worked was like, was satisfying in the book. Like it felt very 
understandable and like it didn't try to complicate itself too much and like exactly it made the rules it stuck to them like it was yeah it was a good system because like you said it it sometimes does get a little little crazy when you're dealing with time travel but it's definitely easy to overcomplicate something like that especially if it's like a more sci-fi book and you're trying to make that be the interesting thing so yeah yeah i agree okay yeah uh for me good vibes i don't want to just steal yours good luck i know fuck you you might have taken the only good vibe oh i know um okay the newgate situation and like how joe manipulates people before that and also when he's at newgate like that part of his character was amazing and like the newgate situation in its entirety like how not the travel afterwards that was like super quick everything that (laughs) felt like crazy but like that scenario with like wesley showing up and like acting you know the part of a, a of a rich woman and like kite being there and and then shooting at the end and like running away like that whole scenario and and the way joe played into it and held the bomb and like remained so cool that whole situation was amazing like i really did love reading that that segment that was the best uh war fighting in the book i feel like absolutely because <laughs> we kind yeah. of got like yeah, we got that pl- interrogation room. We got the back and forth, like who's going to break first. And then, yeah, like sort of the uh, sudden uh, change of heart during that Wellesley scene. <laughs> yeah. With her actions. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of like the French captain, um, we knew from Madeline's letter. So like seeing him mm-hmm. and Joe talk and like try to dig into each other was just super interesting. And yeah, that whole situation, like if we had had more like, moments and like fights and just like conversations like that it i don't know it would have been such a different book but that that's that situation was my good vibe i think it was just it was a good time to read really i, I honestly think that her name was wellesley right we said i keep asking just because wellesley i don't know I if think she so. had a first name i'm sure revelation she had a name, but i can't remember oh, yeah it was like yes. revelation wellesley i think okay i feel like she was my favorite character <laughs> <laughs> she we was barely pretty good. got her yeah i like literally i mean to the point where i've not remembered her name multiple times like <laughs> it's a shame we didn't get more of a character like her yeah uh but yeah i guess that's our good vibes we did have different ones after all thank goodness thank goodness yeah um for next month though new year new us we're gonna love books <laughs> only this time i swear knock on wood i swear yeah i know honestly okay and what are we reading next month it is going to be Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts by Kate Reculia. Uh Halfway is about chapter 10, titled Takeout and Delivery. So stop before that chapter and we'll see how it goes. I'm excited for yet another book. Yes. I'm sure it'll be a good time. If it's not, we'll at least have an interesting conversation, I think, exactly, which is always yeah. the goal. That's the goal. As always, for your own thoughts about this book, uh, you can talk to us on Twitter at 5050 underscore books. And we will catch you next time. Bye.